Hello and welcome back to the TTP, Tatani Talks Parsha, the year where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. Of course, we are here in Sefer Bracious. We have come to Chayasara. Sad for many different reasons. Of course, Abraham loses his spouse, his life partner, his Azer Kenegdo, his best friend, hopefully. And obviously, and also sad because we come to the last Parsha officially about Avraham, who again is my favorite character in all of Bereshis, maybe all of Tanakh, save for some other wonderful characters as well. We talked about last time the idea of the say little, do much philosophy, and this time I want to talk about what we leave for ourselves, hopefully after 120 years, the legacy. Of course, skimming through the Parsha, we think about, first of all, how Avraham purchases this burial plot from Ephron, who is the opposite of Avraham we talked about last time. Avraham is say little, do much, you know, with the guests that come who are not even human, but Avram doesn't realize that, obviously, but he still says, I'll give you a little bit to eat, a little bit to eat, and he gives them a ton, a ton, a ton. Ephron, on the other hand, says, yeah, between me and you, what are 400 silver pieces? At first, telling him he'll give him the burial plot, which is a cave, literally, land. It's not like the Ritz-Carlton, Lahavdel. It's not like the... Um, the uh whatever the the fountain blue the mountain blue whatever type of a of a hotel literally a piece of land a cave in land and Ephraim charges Avram an exorbitant sum not even able to do a little bit says a, he says a lot but there's a little 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 bit talking about the idea from last time so Avram goes and of course purchases the the burial plot for Sarah, which of course is one of the major, major elements of the proof of the efficacy and the validity of our owning aspects of Eretz Yisrael. Another one is when David and Melech weighs out the silver to actually buy the bur- the not the burial, to be- actually buy out the Har Hamaria, the place of the temple of the Beis Amikdash. I forget where the other one also was, but you see the the buying, the exchanging of hands of money to buy as something when it's in the Eretz Yisrael. But here we see that we have the abilities that they have the the purchase of the land of Israel. So we see that Avraham pays for this, and we see that Avraham sets this up. He sends so much he spends so much money to be able to do this, and he does this just to set up the legacy for Sarah and to find her a beautiful burial place. Obviously the other Places that we see that, and we see that um, Avraham pays 400 silver shekels. 400 silver shekels. Again, I can't remember the other time. I tried looking it up, but there, I can't find it. One time is Davin Melch that he, um, he purchases the Haram Maria. And there's one other time also that we see straight up that he buys, that something is bought in Eretz Israel at the hands of the Jewish people. But in general, we see that he buys the burial place, and then he he buries her, and he bewails her, he eulogizes her. Afterwards, he realizes, you know, if I had set up that Yitzchak actually would die in the Akedah, Chas V'Shalom, what would have happened? I would have had no grandchildren. Yitzchak wouldn't have been married, wouldn't have had children. Let's write this. Let's fix this out. Avraham is well on in years. It says Avraham Zakein Baba Yamim. goes with the idea of what's the legacy? What's the What do we leave behind for ourselves? What do we do for ourselves? How do we set up for ourselves? So Avraham makes sure that he gets Yitzchak married. He sends his trusted servant Eliezer, who, by the way, probably was just as old as Avraham, if not older. 
Eliezer, I believe, was a faithful servant with Avram for a very long time. So he sends him on this very perilous journey. It reminds me of the idea how with Rivka, her maidservant, uh, Devorah, who also was sent along the way to tell Yaakov much later on that it's safe to return, but she passes away on the way. Commentators point out, I think Rashi points out, that it's a double weeping because, you know, Rivka dies and no one is there to bury her. Yaakov is on the run. Esav is a, is a, is that terrible child who knew shouldn't even come to the funeral and Yitzchak is blind so no one buries her it's a very you know shameful sad burial and also Devorah it's the double weeping Alom Bachut I believe it's called the double weeping but that's not here nor there that's later on so Avram sends Eliezer and the Torah devotes an entire parsha, entire paragraph to talking about the the test he goes he looks for for, you know, he has Yitzchak finally, Baruch Hashem with Sarah. Yitzchak was 37 at the decade, did the commentators say, and Yitzchak needs to get married. So Avram sends all of these presents with Eliezer, the, the camels and silver and whatnot. And he comes to, to find the, the person for Yitzchak. And the Torah spends a whole story recounting the whole story when Eliezer talks about this tomb, the, the people of the house of Rifgum and the, the commentators point out how the the conversations, the mundane conversations of the servants of the patriarchs are more beautiful and pleasant to Hashem than even learning halacha sometimes. Because sometimes we learn halacha from a pasik, from a phrase, from a letter even, from a crown. And this time, we have all this story that's recounted. And of course, Rivka orders all the camels even more than when he asks to the person that will say, I'll give you a drink and I'll give your camels to drink. And some say it wasn't exactly what he prayed for from Hashem to have this story come. But still, Rivka passed the test with flying colors and the water came up to her, some people say. And this story, she passed with flying colors. And then even though some people say that she was three years old, some people say she was elsewhere, other age, still she went and becomes Yitzchak's wife. And we think about this, this is like the Parsha of the Shidduch. Parsha of Shidduch, and this is the famous Parsha in Israel where a lot of people go to Hebron for Shabbos because, you know, Hebron's mentioned with the with the Ma'arata Machpelah where the patriarchs are buried, and it talks about finding a wife. And I think about, when I think about this Parsha, I think about the legacy. You know, Avram wanted to make a legacy for himself, a physical legacy, a biological legacy, so he sends off his servant, his most trusted servant, who, you know, literally embraces Avraham and goes on the way and literally promises him, believe Nedra, then he will take care of it. And Avram says, if he can't do it, it's okay, absolving him of the Nedra. But still, Avram sets it up. And the commentator Sirashi points out that before Sora died, there was a cloud over the tent and the candles were there and the, and the challah was there. These things disappeared when Sarah passed away. And when Rivka came back, those things reemerged. So Yitzchak knew that he could be comforted after the loss of his mother because his wife, he found his wife that was good for him. And we think about legacy. You know, Avraham's legacy was that of Chesed. Avraham's legacy was having the four open doors of the tent. And then Yitzchak, he sets up his son to be married off in this parsha. What's our legacy? What do we leave behind in this world? After 120 years, there's not much we could take with us. We can't take anything physical. We can't take anything material. We can only leave the legacy of spirituality, the legacy of Torah of mitzvahs of chesed. We only have 120 years. We should be zocha. What do we use our time? What do we leave behind? What do we put in our stance once we're gone? Once we're out of this world, you know, anything you write, anything you speak, if you recorded that, could be your legacy. What do you write? What do you speak? What do you have that could stay ad infinitum? All of these shiurim, all of these lectures, hopefully, will stay for 
very, very, very long time. And even well after I'm gone, after 120 years, my voice could still be out there for the Daf, for Pirkeavos, for OT, for Parsha, for the radio or live show. This could be sort of a, a legacy the Tani Talks podcast, I'm hoping on some level, could be. All of my wife's articles, that could last forever in writing. She wrote four articles for H.com. We're hoping that she will write a book for the teenagers for preteens really about Shmuel Aleph skits and plays you know one of the publishers already is very interested we have to raise the dough to do it see me if you want to help maximum tee at yahoo.com you could always email me by the way if you have any questions comments suggestions or the like maximum tee at yahoo.com best way to reach me via email but in general this is the way that we think about the legacy what can we leave behind is there a book are there articles are there inventions we could leave behind what about a toy what about a concept a newspaper an article what can we leave behind when we think about the legacy of Avraham we think about Hayasar it says the life of Sarah even though she passes away it talks about the life of Sarah because we're talking about legacy we're talking about what to leave behind so we should think about some sort of a thing we could leave behind not just our biological progeny our spiritual our accomplishments in this world and of course I've talked about it other times many other times when we think about Chaya Sara this is the life of Sara the legacy of Sara what's the legacy? her children her deeds what the people that she converted behind that she was the the Ezer Kenegdo the Eshes Chayal to Avraham what can we do? what is our legacy? what can we leave behind in this world after 120 years? it all starts now every day there's something that you could accomplish a mitzvah a chesed a Torah thing you could learn a, a shir you could speak about an article you could write those are things that last well beyond our years because we could only take our mitzvahs or chesed and our good name is better than than the, the Keter Malchus the Keter Kahuna the Keter Torah even on top of that is Keter Shem Tov that's Ola Agabe and Perkevus talks about so our good deeds what we could accomplish what we could set up beforehand that's what we could leave in this world that could be our legacy of our life we should be Zohar to 120 years of wonderful things to leave behind in this world join us next time as we talk the TTP the Parsha of the Week with some practical lessons to keep, and I'm your host, Tani.